Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 53. And I'm going to be skipping around because I'm going to, uh, because of time, I just can't read everything. I have a lot of scriptures again. Mm-hmm. So Isaiah chapter 53 verses, we're going to do verses 4 and 5. Then I'll skip around to verse 7, then 10 and 12. Okay? So in Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5 it says, Surely he has borne our griefs. And uh, before I continue, this is, um, the name of this uh, message is called the covenant. The covenant. Or the test or testament. Alright? Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken. Smitten by God and afflicted. But he, has, he was wounded for our transgression. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Mm-hmm. And if you go to verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. And verse 10, part A. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin. And verse 12. We're going to go to the latter part of the verse. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sin of many. And made intercession for the transgressors. Now these are things that we, that we normally talk about in communion. When they have communion. You know, we talk about Jesus' body. He was, he was bruised. And by his stripes, we are healed. We are healing. And also somewhere else to talk about healing is the children's bread. That is all true. And let's go to Matthew verse 20, chapter 26. I'm going to bring this all together. But I wanted to read all the scriptures and then I'll bring it together. Matthew 26 verses 26 through 29. And then we're going to go to Luke 22. But I'll, I'll, uh, when we finish reading Matthew, we'll go to Luke. Matthew 26. Are you there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 26 to 29. And as they were eating, now give you a little backdrop. This is Jesus and the disciples in the upper room, which was reserved for, for this time. And this was during the time of the Passover. Okay? And I don't have to go into the background for those who are here what the Passover is. As they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it. <clears throat> gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins or the forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine 
from now on until that day. That day. That's interesting. That day. When I drink of it, new with you in my Father's kingdom. When I read that day, I said, oh, what is that day? That day. When I drink with you, new in my Father's kingdom. I'll, talk, I'll mention a little bit about that day a little bit later. In Luke 22, this is Luke's version of what Matthew spoke about because they were present when Jesus was doing this. In Luke 22, Luke said, 22.14, Are you there? Mm-hmm. When the hour had come, he sat down with the twelve and said to them, Then he said to them, with fervent desire, fervent desire, a longing, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Now that is just blew me away right there when he said, I desire, I've been longing to eat this with you before I suffer. For I say to you, Verse 16, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. That day, in Matthew he said, it said that day. And here he says, until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of this vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body. The light's going off in their head. (laughs) This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. So I'm reading this. And I'm reading this. And the thing that hit me was that day. And in Luke he said what? Until. Until. Well, you know, there's some parts. When you're reading the Bible, there are some words just, just, just. So when he said that day, and he said until, he said, I will no longer sup with you like this. Drink the fruit of the vine or eat this until that day. So I was like, okay. So I went back and said, okay. So he said, my blood in a new covenant. What is a covenant? Agreement. Agreement, a contract, a testament, a will. A will. Okay? If you look in the, in the concordance, it says an agreement or an advisory, divisory will. A divisory will refers to a pro- property, lands, transmitted or given. A will or clause in a will 
transmitting or giving real property. <laughs> this is the new covenant in my blood. He says, for the remission of sins. So, for, if you go in Hebrews, it talks about verse 9, 16 through 17. I'm going to read it for you. You don't have to turn there. I want you to listen. I want you to listen. Hebrews 9, 16. And this is, you know what, this is nothing we don't know. So, when you talk about a covenant or a will, how does a will or covenant go into effect? We're going to be interactive because it's just us. How is a covenant or will, how does it go into force? By action. By action, but what has to happen? Person has to die. Person has to die for that to go into effect. Okay? So if you go to Hebrews chapter 9, this is, this is, this is, uh, they're talking about Apostle Paul here is speaking. 9.16. Yeah. He said, for where there is a testament, or a will, or a covenant, because all covenants were, were, were sealed by blood, there must also be a necessity be the death of the testator. For the testament or will is enforced after men are dead. Since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Or anyone, if your family has property, they have anything of value, the only way that goes into effect is they have to die. And they will it to you. Right? They will it to you. So when Jesus said, Oh man, he's got it. I just got you, it. you get it? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> just like when Jesus said, but you see, I never put it together before with communion. Yeah. You understand? <laughs> when Jesus, when he, when he said here, man, a covenant yes. in my blood, Okay? In my blood. He said, when he said this, and it, un until, he was introducing something. Not only was, you see, we, when we think about communion, you think about his blood being shed for our sins, which is true. But that's how you get Become part of the, or get part of the, your inheritance. That's how you become. <laughs> you, oh, you get it, brother. You get it. It'll, it'll come. It'll, it'll hit you. So, he's saying, this covenant is in my blood. Okay. So, for it to go into effect, I must suffer and die. That's what he's, that's what he's saying. So let's go to 1 Corinthians real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse, oh, verse 1. 
this is kind of long-winded, but I, I, I was trying to say, Lord, how can I just shorten this? But there's no way to shorten this. Are you there? Okay. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea. That's a whole different meaning there. But all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But, the mo but with most of them God was not well pleased. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Because they displeased God. So they were all dead. Now, these things became our examples. What happened to them was an ex what examples to us. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So the reason why their bodies were scattered in the desert, because they rebelled against God. Rebellion is because of the loss of their own flesh. When your lust of your flesh causes you to rebel against the things of God, you want to have your own way. You want to do things the way you want to do it. So that's rebellion. So because of rebellion, their bodies were scattered for whatever reason. They are different. If you go back and read the Old Testament, you will see why a lot of them were killed. Verse 7. Do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat, drink, and rose up to play. No, let us commit sexual immorality. Those are things they were doing. As some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. No, let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed by serpents. What do you mean by tempt Christ? There comes a time in our life we keep, God is speaking to us, speaking to us, the Lord is speaking to us, and we keep pushing the envelope. We keep pushing the envelope. We keep rebelling. How? Oh, nothing happened. I keep doing it. Nothing happened to me. And we keep, oh, nothing happened to me. We keep tempting and pushing. And then what happened? Eventually, he cuts it off. The bottom gets pulled off from under you. I've been there. I have been there. Okay? Another one. No complain, as some of them also complained. And were destroyed by the destroyer. Complaining also. Complaining. All the time complaining. Mm. Now all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition. Don't do like they did. Upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. Some of us will say, well, I don't do this, I don't do that, I don't do this, I don't do that. Let he, who thinks he stand, take heed, lest he fall. That's why the Lord has been regularly telling me about having compassion for others. Don't get upset if people don't come. Don't get upset. Have compassion. Because I'm not on top of it every day, you're not on top of it every day. Anyway every day. We all have our ups and we all have our downs. So the way the Lord has compassion with us and mercy, we also have to have compassion and mercy with others. Okay? Verse 14, he says, Therefore, my beloved, flee idolatry. 
What is idolatry? Idolatry is anything that comes before God. Idolatry is anything that takes precedence before God. It's, let me just give you an answer. Some people will feel convicted. They say, you know what? There's a football game on a Sunday. I want to go to the football game. It's not a big deal. But if it's consistently, that football game has become an idol. Mm. Because the things of God are not a priority in your life. When people say, yes, I'm going to do this. And yes, I'm going to do this for the Lord. But something always interrupting and preventing them from doing. That thing has become an idol. Whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It could be food. You could even go to church and worship the idols. When it comes time for the refreshment, you cut everybody else off and you go in line. Why? Because that thing has power over your flesh. That's become an idol. The spirit is not in charge. The flesh is in charge. Verse 16, 10, 16. So he goes with all that talking about what they did and why. And he said, don't do as they did. This is to encourage us. He said, and verse 16, now he said, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? Oh my God, listen to verse 17. For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. The body of Christ. Every time we break that bread, the body, and we distribute it, and we ingest it, that one used to be a whole in the physical, that one bread. But spiritually, even though we are different members, we are one body. We are whole, we are one. So that bread, when we break it, because Jesus said, and I'm, I'm going to have this scripture that he talks about, he said, Let's just go to it. How about that? I'm going to bring it all together in a minute. So he talked about, if you, you, if you eat this, you eat my flesh, drink my blood. If you don't do it, you have no part of me. But if you eat it and you drink it, I am in you. You are in me. Alright? So the eating of the flesh and the drinking of the blood, it confirms and solidifies and it's, it's a type and shadow of our oneness in Christ. And not only with Christ, with each other. Okay? Now, let's go back to where we came from in the beginning. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this now. Matthew 26. So, what is this testament about? Why why did Jesus have to shed his blood? Yes, to forgive us of our sins. Yes, to cleanse us. Yes, to open the door so that we can come before the Father in His righteousness. Okay? Yes, so that through His, his stripes, through His body, we can be healed. Because He says in Isaiah, by His stripes we are healed. But what is it, what else has He accomplished? Because He said, do this in remembrance of me. And my hope is after we are done here today, you will look at communion in a different way. So he said, we said a, contra- a will, a, a covenant, a testament, a will is a contract, agreement, or an advisory will. 
property of land so transmitted or given. A clause in a will transmitting or giving real property. So when Jesus said in Matthew 26 and verse, he said in verse 29, until that day. I was saying, wait a minute. We have an inheritance. Mm -hmm. For him, the testator must die for the will, the covenant to go into effect. And the will, the covenant that goes into effect means that there is an inheritance. Because a will is an inheritance. But you don't get access to that inheritance until the one who owns it dies. Glory to God. So he, Jesus said, this new covenant in my blood is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And he said, this fruit of the vine and this meal, I would not partake with you until that day. What day is that? That day is when the covenant is fully realized. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is spirit. Okay? So when Jesus died, this covenant is not to physical sons. It's to spiritual sons. Spiritual sons were birthed through this covenant. Okay? Our inheritance is the kingdom of God. That's fine as well. When Jesus said, he said the kingdom of God is with you. It's among you. And he said, it shall be in you. When he was there, he said, it shall be in you. The only way that kingdom came into effect as an inheritance is when he died. And it no longer was shall be. It then, it, when their Pentecost, the kingdom of came in us. When the Holy Spirit came. So when you when we give our lives to Christ, we are given keys to the kingdom. But the, we don't fully realize the benefits of our inheritance. Okay? Jesus said, because Jesus said, when I return, I'm returning for a bride without spot or wrinkle. That's a mature church, a mature body. That's a kingdom that's ripe. Ready. On that day, when that kingdom has been realized in its entirety and its fullness, I will have drink, have this, the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's what it is. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Glory to God. So we have an inheritance. So when I read this, I said, why God? I can't look at communion the same way. Yes, He died for my sins. I am healed. But healing, that's part of the kingdom. That's part of your benefit as a son of God, as a child of God, in the kingdom of God. But it's not, it's not only that. His death not only forgave us our sins, and not only brought us to full fellowship with the Father through Christ, but we also have an inheritance that we have to realize. You understand what I'm saying? There is an inheritance. So, when I see, so from now on, when I see communion, I'm not going to think of it as just... He said, do this in remembrance of me. I have to say, Lord, you really 
I am great, so grateful for what you did on the cross. Not only did you willingly lay down your life, not only did you willingly shed your blood, allow yourself to be beaten, bruised. This is not only to save me, this is to give me an inheritance, which I don't deserve. I mean, I got excited when, when this was made plain to me. It's to give us an inheritance. And before, when I was, when the Lord was, when I was preaching a couple, um, last week and the week before, it all ties together. When Jesus said, the glory you have given me, I have given them, that they will be one. That the world will see, know that you sent me, Father. They will see the bride. They will see the kingdom of God in operation. Oh my God. They will see, the world was, when Jesus said, the blind see, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. He is manifesting the kingdom. He's manifesting the power of the kingdom of God. That's our inheritance. When he went and he said, Hey, when he went to the temple and said, You guys pay taxes? Jesus said, Go. Get that fish. I think I talked about that last week. Yeah. The first one, the hook. Look at it. You find a gold coin. Pay your taxes for you and for me. He is I am. He is the king of this kingdom. And it's not a physical kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. It's a kingdom not made with hands. The power that we have as sons of God, as children of God, in the kingdom. And the keys, we have been given the keys. But once you start understanding the kingdom, how to use the keys in the kingdom. All this stuff will start manifesting in our lives. All this stuff starts manifesting. This is what, when Jesus says, do this. In remembrance of me. Have communion. Do it in remembrance. This is what he's saying. He said, remember what I have done for you. Remember what I have accomplished. They didn't, I don't, they didn't care when they were there with him. They didn't understand until later. Holy Spirit started giving them revelation. And when I was reading this, I was like, oh my God. I can't, I can't. I can never do communion just go through stuff like it means nothing. It, it means something even more than ever to me before. Because I know, I realize, man, he died so not only that I can be saved, which is I don't deserve it. There's nothing that we can do to deserve it. So he made a way for us to come to God. And not only that, he gave us an inheritance. I mean, I was excited about it. So anyhow, so if you go, let's go to 1 Corinthians 11, read verse 27, real quick, through 32. Oh my God. So when I read this, this just has a whole total meaning, different meaning to me. So it says, are you guys there? Yeah. Therefore, we're going to read the verse 32. Whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. No, not discerning the Lord's body. Verse 30. 
For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep or are dead. For if we would judge ourselves, we will not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. What is he saying? When we went back and we read in 1 Corinthians 10, about the examples that the Israelites, the examples that they, he said that was an admonishment for us. So we don't act like them. We don't be, we are not complainers, idolaters, fornicators. Because many people come before the table of the Lord. And it's not only if you have something against somebody, you, you go and forgive. You go and ask forgiveness. It's a lot more than that. It's the secret things that we do that the Lord is aware of that we don't confess and we don't deal with. Are you stealing from people? Are you robbing your, your, um, your co-workers or your employers or your employees? Are you dabbling in porn and doing all kind of stuff? Are you lusting after this or lusting after that? Whatever. They're, are you complaining and, and being rebellious? These are all things. He said, examine yourself because he's just like the people in the in, in Israelites. That's why a lot of them were left. A lot of them died because of their rebellion against God. He said, when you come before the table of the Lord, examine your heart. Make sure you don't have any idols in your heart. No idols in your heart. What is what are you doing in secret? What are you not? The Lord knows everything. But what are, what are we keeping in secret? What are we hiding? Because you come before. Because he says you're guilty of the body and blood of Christ. Because you're coming before the table with, uh, with, with your heart's not clean. Okay? Alright, so he said examine yourself. Because we have an inheritance. This has been enacted. We can only see, receive and enjoy our inheritance and, and through Christ. And that inheritance, as I said, is the kingdom of God. Alright? Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Only the spirit, only the spiritual, only the spirit can inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? So, <clears throat> that's basically what the Lord was, was showing me. Not only is there forgiveness of sin, but more than Jesus accomplished much more than that. He has given us an inheritance. We didn't even deserve it. But we have an inheritance as sons of God. 